This is a flash of pure inspiration. This man is absolutely mainline to pure footballing magic. You're goddamn right. He emasculates them. Yes. Individually. Yeah. Collectively. Feel that, buddy? Huh? It is on fire. Incredible talent, incredible variety, like never seen on any other show before. You people are amazing. We're also down to just two people who understand how to keep time in a soccer game. For fuck's sake, stop saying soccer. Oh, that's that's like football without pads, right? Let's have some fun. It's football time. How you holding up, Pelly? I'm just because Carl and I had a blast today. We had a blast. No, <laughs> ki- this is episode 18 technically, but we're gonna this no kid number of the week this week. We're gonna save that for the next episode. Today is a League Cup final show. Um, st- strictly, if we have a little bit of time at the end, maybe we'll get into a, a couple of the Premier League games earlier this morning. Um, the Premier League played the early morning games, no afternoon games, because today was a League Cup. It allowed the English soccer world to focus on that matchup between Liverpool and Man City. Um, Pelly is doing something weird with the mic that he's never done before, so he's he's wait until you see over my next. Drink, I know <laughs> he is uh, he's kind of distraught, if you will. Um, like so, we'll get into the game. Today's date is the twenty eighth, February twenty eighth. Yep, this will be up. Uh, tomorrow or the next day might even be up today. Might even be up today. Oh, perfect, perfect. Um, but yep, big league cup match today. Man City won three uh, one on PKs. I believe it was three one. No, uh, on the PKs. Yes, on the yes. PK, on PKs. Three yeah. one on PKs. Um, the scoring. Uh, just quick sto- scoring rundown. Um, Fernando got a goal for. Um, Man City early in the first half, I believe it was 49th minute, and then the 83rd minute, uh, Phil Coutinho tied it up after some scrambling by Man City in their own box. Uh, that took us into extra time. Uh, Man City didn't really dominate the day, didn't dominate the play overall. Um, the best chances came, for the most part, from uh, Liverpool all day long. They controlled most of extra time, and they had another scramble moment in that um, extra time period, I believe it was second extra time yes. period, where Man City, same thing, scrambling around their box, but Liverpool couldn't bump it in. Um, and then just penalty kicks, the nature of the beast is sometimes you get shit luck, sometimes you get good goaltending, sometimes you get bad shots, and there's a little bit of that um, in that penalty kick session. Before we get too, too far about anything, I do want to say thank you to Mike Schell. Um, that's where we watch the game today. Great, uh, gracious host. Yep, gracious host. He got us pizza. Um, did. I think I drank Pelly's beers, not his. Next time I'll have some of yours, Mike. Um, <laughs> Delicious but, buffalo chicken, too. I don't know where he got that, but yeah. kudos to Southie for that. Oh, yeah, no, that was a very good pizza. <laughs> I believe it was best on Broadway. Was yep. mm. um, but, yeah, no, no, like I said, thank you for having us over to your place today. Hopefully you can get on the show soon. Um, he is a Liverpool fan as well, so you and Pelly will definitely be able to go at it sometimes um, about your Liverpool love. 
Um, not today. Not not today, though. Like I said, bummed out for the Liverpool fans. Uh, but me and Carl, we were in the Liverpool circle jerk, I believe Carl we called it. In the so, middle of a circle jerk. So we were in the middle of it, but we came out with the smile on our face <laughs> instead of you guys. It's kind, um, of, kind of awkward that you say you came out of a circle jerk <laughs> with a smile on your face, but <laughs> things do happen. But um, we'll, we'll go half by half, and then into extra time, then the PK is here. Um, first half, I'll start with what I thought. I thought Liverpool dominated the most of, most of the play. Um, they didn't get any shots on goal, but they held a lot of the possession, did a good job. I think Man City only had one chance in that first half on a, uh, on a breakaway coming back the other way on the um, – what's the term here that I'm missing? Counterattack. Counterattack, thank you. Why I couldn't come up with that one was – I've been drinking too much the past two days. <laughs> um, but, yeah, on the counterattack. Other than that, Liverpool, I think, didn't get too many good chances, but they really did hold – play pretty well in that first half yeah I, I tend to agree on that i thought um you know city was uh kind of sitting back oop sorry i'm kicking the whole table over uh he's mad I he's mad folks yeah, i am i'm <laughs> violently angry um no i think they kind of sat back and kind of wanted to sop up pressure for a little while see what it was that liverpool's game plan was going to be and then once they got into it and uh they were in tune to the game and, and what it was uh, that Liverpool was going to come at them with, I thought they felt a lot more confident in the game, and I think we saw um, Manchester City eventually start to assert themselves at, at one point. Throughout the first half, I thought it was a lot of back and forth. I didn't think I, I, I wouldn't give either of the teams a huge boost one way or the other. I think you saw Liverpool was probably the better out of the gate, probably had the better chances out of the gate. But unfortunately, to be totally honest, I don't think either of these teams really came out of the gate, you know, firing on all cylinders. Uh, City was defensively, I thought, was extremely stout in the first half. I thought it was very, very tough to break them down. And throughout the match, I thought it was um, you know, a world-class performance on their part um, and, and a very good sign for them going to the second leg of their um, Champions League uh, run here. So, I don't know. I, th- I thought they were very good defensively. Liverpool did break them down a few times, get a few opportunities. But ultimately, I thought it was uh, a half of uh, a coin flip. You know, either of those teams could have scored at any point in time. But in the same in the same breath, I thought both the teams were very very solid. The biggest moment of the first half, I would say, is the injury to. Uh, I was just going to bring that up. Yep. yep to, to, to Mama Sako, he goes out with a uh, head injury, which. Um, I wouldn't say that really shifted things one way or another, but ultimately I think he is a little bit more of a quality defender over uh, Colotore, and I think losing him that early, burning that sub, probably changed the match in a, in a pretty substantial way, I would say, for Liverpool in terms of their substitutes and their, and their mindset on what they want to do with substitutes going forward. Yep, no, I, I think he definitely got concussed. I believe he hit Coutinho. They both went up for a header. Uh, Emery Sean. Emery Sean. Yep. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was one of those plays where there was a lack of communication. It was kind of a bang bang play on a header. They both went after the ball. Um, Sacco was coming from behind. He he was the one going into it with more emphasis. Really drilled his head down in the back of Emery right. Sean's head. Sean looked to be all right afterwards. Um, but right when Sacco did get hit, he kind of stood up. You could tell he was woozy. Yeah. And then only five minutes after that, um, Man City's best attack on that first half came after Sacco yeah, kind of got yeah. discombobulated in his own box. Um, Kun Aguero was coming down, and he had no no help, crossed up the first guy, and then Sacco, you could, he kind of fell over. Um, good move by Kuhn, yes, um, but on the other hand, too, I think if Sacco was, had all his bearings with him, I don't think that that's necessarily a play where 
Aguero gets that wide open in that situation. Um, and we'll, the sub, on the other hand, and that's, that'll segue me into the second half here, because um, we were talking about it, and you and Shell were talking about you need Benteke out there. Um, you wanted him to come in late. Because they were sending in a lot of, they were sending in a lot of good. <laughs> Just flipping coins right now. They were sending in a lot of good crosses, but you guys were saying they don't have re- really any good headers of the ball up front there unless Benteke's yeah. in. But with that early injury and having to bring Colo Torre in, you lost that sub in the second half, yeah. which, like you said, changes. I think it changed Klopp's um, mindset going yeah, into g- the rest of the game. His initial game plan, I think, kind of changed after he had to make that sub and. I, I won't sit here and try to sell anyone on the thought that uh, Christian Benteke was going to be the savior of that match. I don't think he was going to be. And uh, I don't blame Jurgen Klopp for bringing in uh, Divock Origi over um, Christian Benteke. Origi uh, had a nice chance to Origi just yeah, whiffed on it. Or, or, Origi's been a pretty solid player for them for the last few weeks. I think he's been the one who's kind of shown you a little bit. He gives you a little bit more pace than what you get from a Benteke. And ultimately, short of his uh, aerial play, he's a better all-around player for what Liverpool tries to do and it was ironic because we had the conversation before the match I said to to uh, Mike and I don't even know if you were actually at his place at that point but I said to him I th- it's kind of funny the way that Liverpool sets themselves up over the last few weeks you've got Sturge at the top of the formation very very good interplay uh, striker who can play the ball on the ground kind of come a little bit deeper and be able to uh, get possession and be able to kind of build up with with the team whereas Benteke is one of those guys that you kind of just sling the ball forward and you know let the chips fall where they may and the thing is behind Sturridge you had two guys who were considered quote unquote number 10s not really wide players and that was something that I think really hurt Liverpool in both halves throughout the entire match um, was the fact that they couldn't really get into those wide areas effectively and really be able to sling balls in from the outside, which maybe, maybe would have been something that could have broken up that defense that, that City had all match long. And they were fantastic. And, you know, I can't heap enough praise on them that ultimately when you watch that match, I think that was the, the difference between a win and a loss was the fact that Manchester City's defense from their back four up even into that midfield, they were just so stout. There was no room to make any moves, and any pass that you were getting, even remotely close to the box, was going to be, you know, it was going to have to be perfect. And I think Liverpool just missed on a few of those, and that's ultimately what was the difference between this match being a win for Liverpool in regulation and being a draw that went to PKs. Yep. Um, just going through the second half again, other than the substitutions, um, like I said, the Cunaguero goal, I believe that was in the 49th minute. Uh, we kind of did this off the top here, so I don't have the laptop open up. But I believe that was on the 49th off the top of my head. Um, that was on a counter. Liverpool came out strong again that second half, held the possession. Um, as soon as Man City got it, they went out to the races. I'm sorry, the Fernando going out, the Cunaguero did not score. Um, but they go down. Lies. And, All lies. And um, we went... We're going down, and Pelly said before the game, kind of, he thought it was going to be a 3-2 game. I thought it was going to be an offensive game, too. I think it had a lot more potential. They didn't have as many chances mm-hmm. as we originally planned, but we both kind of laughed and joked. When does Simo, when does Simo Mignolet give up that goal that yep. he can't stop for whatever reason? Yep. Um, and sure enough, comes down. Fernando gets on the wing. Tough angle. Kicks it right into his stomach, and Mignolet... Just jumps over the ball, misses it, gets a hand, little touch on it. But other than that, right in the back of the net, 1-0 Man City. And I think that's what cost them to get – well, yes, it was the goal. Bad but, goal, yeah. But, but a bad goal is what cost them. It's one thing if they made Man City work, in my opinion, for the goal. But giving up the bad one's a killer. You can't, yeah. you can't do that in that situation. Yeah, and it's funny because 
I kind of thought about that goal and I was like, this looks very, very familiar. And I, you make a, you go make a, make it a trip out to YouTube to look at these two goals. The goal that was scored today by Fernando and the same goal was scored by Aaron Ramsey against Arsenal just a few weeks ago where he gave up that goal. Um, the only difference was one was uh, Fernando went to the uh, outside and the wide side of the net. Uh, Aaron Ramsey brought short side to be able to score on him, but more or less the same exact goal in the sense that I mean, it's right ball, at him. It was right ball, at him. The ball can't be in that close to your vicinity as a goalkeeper if, if he and just, to go if through he, you like that. If he just said, I was laughing during the game, but if he honestly just stood there. If he did a Tuka Rask butterfly, he would have had it right in his right, chest. Right, you, you, you take it in the chest. and Or I said, oh, it would have hit his right thigh. That's how close it was to his mm-hmm. body. That If he just stood there, it would have glanced at least that right midsection to knee right side right in there. And he jumped for some reason. And the ball kind of dipped, and somehow when the ball dipped, he legitimately so it was like he jumped out of the way of the ball. Yep. Um, like you said, he got his hand on it coming down, but at that point there was too much pace on it, too strong a shot got through, um, and that was what I thought. Liverpool couldn't shoot themselves in the foot this game. I think Man City is still the more talented team yep. on on paper. Man City would have been able to um, recover from a bad goal like that more than Liverpool could have. Yeah. And Minnie shot themselves in the foot right there by not stopping that. Yeah, if he saves and it goes back on the box and somebody puts the rebound in, fine, but you got to make the first initial save. Right, right. Um, the second goal of the game was a Felipe Cortinho goal in the 83rd minute. Like I said, big scramble down there in the Man City box. Um, there was a post hit, cross goes through, nobody gets it. Um, I believe, was it? Um, I think a Lallana. Re- I think a re- Oh no, you're right. right. Lallana, it was Lallana who got the post. Lallana got the post off of a Sturge cross uh, yeah. across the box. Ball comes right back out to the dot. Coutinho, right spot, right time, buries yeah. it. Um, Caballo, the goalie, he, he's played all the league games for Caba- or Caballero. Caballero. Um, he's played all the league cup games for Man City. It was good to see Manuel Pellegrini stick with him instead of going with Joe Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, but he almost got back to that. Uh, but like I said, everybody's kind of running around there. You got the ball going back and forth, back and forth, in quick succession, close to the goal. A lot of yeah. people getting discombobulated there. Um, but I think that was a build up. That was their first shot on net on target. They said up to that point Sounds in the game, right. which was a little surprise to me because I really do think Liverpool, for the most part, had control of the match and their attacking end. Um, but it, it that was one of those goals that kind of seemed due. They had been getting building up a yeah. lot of possession. Yeah. Finally, they break down Man City, get him the scramble, and Coutinho buries it one one. Yeah, it was it was a result of some very good build up play for for Liverpool. They I, th- I want to say for the five or ten minutes prior to that were building up very very well. Um, passes were very very crisp. The midfield was finally getting into the game, and I think you saw Liverpool. Manchester City, who had dominated, I, I personally believe, dominated the, the match up to the, till that point, especially defensively in the midfield, um, made it almost impossible for Liverpool to, to build anything up. Gave a little bit. You saw Liverpool start to build up. They started to be able to string together, you know, four, five, six, seven passes in, uh, at any given time, and then eventually broke them down. Uh, you saw Sturge get to the right side of the box, if you're watching it from a viewer perspective yes. on TV. It was on the far side of the box, able to cut one across, and then you saw Lalana push it off of the post. Probably should have finished it, but uh, Caballero had a pretty, pretty well covered at that point. Bounces off to the center of the box, and, and Coutinho just able to slot it home, which he's been doing pretty much every match that he's been healthy and available. Yeah. Um, 
but he's been playing fantastic. So for him to put one away in the final was was certainly very, very good for him. Um, you know, ultimately, like I said, I think it was just a, a matter of, of time for, for Liverpool. They have been doing very, very well in building up and giving themselves an opportunity to be able to put something away. Uh, their build-up play in the midfield was very strong. Henderson, Sean... Uh, James Milner, who had a really tough first half, but I thought bounced back with a very, very solid second half. He was able to kind of help move that ball around. They moved him eventually, actually, out to the uh, left fullback for a while. Yep. Um, At the end of the game, yeah, when they the last, last half hour or so, yeah, when they pulled Moreno off. And I thought he did pretty well. I mean, building up from the back, I thought he was uh, able to get forward and be aggressive, but at the same time, um, you know, was able to give them a little bit more defensively going back, which certainly raises a bigger question for Liverpool going forward is that, uh, you know, you've got a guy like Alberto Moreno who has that great attacking talent and skill. What do you do now seeing a guy who can provide a little bit more defensively coming back? You know, does that create a little bit more of a question mark uh, going forward with a guy like John Flanagan who um, maybe provides a little bit more defensively out on that, uh, that left flank? Um, but a great goal. I thought it was the more legit out of the two goals if you want to, you know, rank the two of them. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's it's the way the game is played. You know, you got to take your your advantages when you're given, and uh, being able to put that away for Liverpool was was huge. Being able to create some extra time. Yep. Um, so then that took us into. Oh, I'm taking notes here real quick because I have something that I want to get to after. Yes. <laughs> um, that takes us into extra time, and I said before that goal, right after the uh, Fernando goal, we're all sitting around watching it, and we all knew there was going to be another goal in the match, and I figured the next goal of the match is going not obviously couldn't be the winner if Liverpool scored it, which they did, right. but I said that team who scores is going to win the game. Man City goes up 2-0, that's tough to fight back from. Mm-hmm. Liverpool getting there, getting the goal and getting momentum back, I thought was going to be able to hold on to that. The Liverpool crowd in there was a little more rambunctious than the Man City Crowd, yeah. definitely. Um, I th- so I thought they were going to carry that, and they did for the last seven minutes of uh, regular time, and then into extra time. I thought they carried a lot of the play. Um, I think one of the things that did end up hurting them uh, was having to use their subs early, because yeah. Man City didn't use a sub until they opened up extra time, bringing in Zabaleta and Jesus Navas. Uh, later on, they brought on... Uh, uh, who's Wilford Boney? Wilford Boney, thank you. The dreadlock guy. He came in for um, Cunaguero, I believe. And Liverpool, like I said, I think they had the control of both extra time periods. They had another scramble down there, down by that Liverpool net, um, mm-hmm. that they couldn't bury one. Um, ended with a header, I believe it was Origi who put it on, and he just put yep. it right on. Yep. Caballero was right in his chest off the head. Good build up to that. Kind, like I said, he got. The build-up to it, which created the Man City scrambling in their box. You got a real good look at it there, and you didn't put it in, which takes you to the um, PKs. Before that, though, in the second extra time, a little bit of feistiness between Yaya Torre and I believe it was Adam Alana, too. Um, I'm forgetting exactly how the sequence happened. Alana went in for a hard tackle. Yeah, um, yeah came in he got, after, he got yeah. called for that hard tackle. Um and then Yaya came in after, kind of gave – I didn't think his tackle was real bad. Um, he did have his studs up, though, caught him in the back of the leg, so naturally the line is pissed. Um, they get up, big scuffle, no brawls or anything, but five, six guys all getting together, all John peeling at each other. Um, I thought that was helping Liverpool, too. I, that showed a little bit of feistiness to me that I haven't seen out of them yet this year, actual player-wise. On the on the pitch outside of mentally, um, and it ended up not working out that way in the long run. Um, 
but that take like I said, that takes us to PK, PKs, and for as bad as that mini lay goal was, I'll, I'm going to start with that. I do want to give him credit. This is the second time now. Yes, we've been watching him, and we've been shitting on mini lay's goalkeeping abilities here for the past couple weeks, but I believe it's twice now in the past month between an FA Cup match and this match where they've gone to PKs, and mini lay is guessed right in all of them. Mm-hmm. He, he saw four today, guessed right each time. He didn't get his hands on any of them, which was a little disappointing. The one miss was mm-hmm. the first kicker, for which was Fernando for um, Man City, hit the bar. But if he didn't hit the bar, Mignolet had that lower, looking at the goalie left corner, covered up anyways. If he wanted to go sneak that in the corner, I think Mignolet has his hand on the ball there. Um, but a lot of credit to Mignolet. He, and you and Shell were telling me during the game while it was happening, too, once we're going into PKs, you liked your odds because Mignolet is a great PK keeper. Sorry, I was picking my nose. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll concede this. And, and being a Liverpool fan and the Liverpool representative here, and I think I speak for the masses when I say this, that Simo Mignolet is not a great keeper. <laughs> um, well, I mean, case in point, the yeah, goal no, that he gave up. No, no shocker there. In uh, regular play, I think the thing is he's not a very good communicator and he's not very... Um, I don't know what the right word, but if you were an American sports fan, you were watching football, you'd say, well, he's not a smart football player. And that's kind of what I think of when I think of Simo Mignolet. There's a lot of decisions that he makes that you would sit there and say, you know what? Being a 26, 27-year-old keeper who's played on the highest you're level You're in the for prime the last of your five, career now, too. Yeah. And you, Everything you, should be clicking on you're, all you're, cylinders. You're experienced enough to know when not to go out after balls and when you, you, know, you should use your reactions and go after something. And Unfortunately, you just don't see him have that, you know, that that, that feelings where he's able that to instinct. The instinct, thank you. Um, he just doesn't have that, and it's unfortunate because he is. And you know, you take a look at the other side of the coin, which is what you were just talking about. He is a fantastic sh- shot stopper, extremely long limbs. Even there he's was very, very good at being able to get to balls either to his left or to his right, and be able to make um, you know very, very athletic in, at saves the end in that of, way. At the end of regulation. There was a little play yep. coming down, yep. right in the middle of the, right, yep. right, coming down the box to, in standing in the net to his right side, coming down, and I, I'm blanking on which I think it was Aguero before he got yeah, pulled. Yeah, I think so too. Um, he goes down to kind of chip it, and he's got great reflexes. Yep. And I was talking to Shell about it briefly. It, yeah. So you're a professional athlete. You have better reflexes than everybody else. But right. it seems like he's got a very keen eye yeah. for when the ball isn't hit directly at him right. on being able to get his body somewhere in a position to make a save. And he well, gets his hand on a lot of balls. He's almost like you're if you want to be you, you want to make a, a a good American sports comparison. He's like a baseball hitter in a sense that he guesses a lot. I think, and I think that's what either makes him very successful at times and look makes him look like a world class keeper, or makes him look like a total goat. Right. And and I think that's what you kind of see with Simo Mignolet is that you really don't have that uh, consistency because of that. You see him either become a keeper that is considered one of the best in the premiership or you end up seeing him look like a, a five-year-old who's just flailing around not being able to do anything. And for me, I've always been a strong proponent of the, of the thought that your keeper should be the most level-headed player on the pitch. He needs to be the one that communicates everything because he is the last line of defense and he needs to be able to have those central defenders on a string, being able to pull them back and, and move them around the way that he wants to. And unfortunately for Simo Mignolet, I just don't think he has that foresight to be able to see forward um, to where he needs to put his players out there in order to be successful defensively. You know, again, 
you go to the PKs, fantastic shot stopper. You saw him get to pretty much. He, you know, he said, was, this is two now. This he, is two, he had, two sets of PKs I've seen him. He has not guessed wrong on any of them. Right. And Fernandinho misses that first one off the post. But, but like I, I think said, if, he pull, he, if he pulls that another six inches, I think the net, he probably it. still saves it. The second shot I thought was actually his best bid. Uh, he was all over that one, and unfortunately, it just got through him. I forget who took the who took the shot, but yeah. he was able to um, get right on top of that one. And then the other three, he was all he was within reasonable reach on each one of them. Willie Caballero, I mean, all the credit to him. Fantastic for him in that PK shootout. Well, he was well, that's for, his, for, his, for as great as Minule was. Caballero was. Yeah. This will be his his career moment. To yeah. be totally honest. No, no, no. That's and that's where I want to go next. Um, he had a great. He had a great game. Like I said, it yeah. late in that first half, yes, it was right at him, but you saw Minnie on the other end didn't stop one right at him. That's a big save at a big time. Game-saving save. That's what it came down to. Yep. Um, close, tight into the box. Good reaction. I believe he caught it straight, straight off. Not, like, it wasn't the greatest header in the world, but still four yards away. Yeah. Could go anywhere. He, he was aware, attentive, got to that ball. Um, and then, like you said, in the PKs, he stopped three in a row, guessed right. He's a big, lanky guy. That's what I noticed from that back PK view that they use with the yeah. spider camera or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize how big and lanky he was. He's got the long arms. Um, looks like he's got a good pop to his step. And they were talking about it a little bit after the game. He's kind of in that tough position where he's behind Joe Hart, which, like him or not, he's one of the top probably four or five goalkeepers in the world. So you, you're going to have to really be world-class if you're going to get right. a lot of starts against him. Like I said, good for Pellegrini. I really like that he... Um, let him go all the way through the cup for him, gave him the chance of the final, and it paid off for him with three stops in PKs. Um, With that said, I think the quality of shot that he was facing was nowhere near the quality of shot that Mignolet was facing. No. If you looked at Mignolet's, he guessed correctly every time. Like I said, the one that didn't go in went went off the post, but he had that lower 90 covered. That would have been a save. The other three were in a football-sized window, if you will, a soccer ball-sized window yeah. in that little corner where if it goes any farther right, it's off the post and out, and if it goes any farther left, it's off of his hand and stopped. Right. Um, Coutinho put one right, which right at him. To his left, to the keeper's left a little bit, but didn't even need to really guess. Yeah. He waited till the ball was kicked, saw it coming, not enough pace on the ball, not enough action. That was an easy, simple save that, um, like I said, gr- good save. any save in PKs is a good save, but Coutinho, I think, messed that up. Yep. Um, I'm, there was His last save down to his far right, that was a great save, but I think even his first save wasn't the best of saves. He guessed right and got his hand on the ball um, when he probably shouldn't have. Um, but I, I think he had a good little... I think he had a good little game. He, he won it for him in PKs. The only one that I think that he really, that any goalkeeper in the world at that level should stop was that Coutinho shot. Um, real quick, before, how, what, what do we have for time here, Carl? Maybe About I'm 30 say, minutes. I'm used to saying real quick. We don't necessarily need to go quick today. Yeah. Um, top three players for Man City, top three players for Liverpool, um, in your opinion. I, I have to put Caballero up there for... Um, Man City, obviously, had yeah. big PKs. Um, Fernando, I didn't think, played all that well. He did no. get the goal, so, I mean, you kind of have to put him up there. And other than that, yeah, 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 he looked slow, and he ended up getting that game-winning PK, but he was that strong, 
I know Vincent Company is a captain, but Yaya was that strong central yeah. midfielder running all the shots offensively. I think he did a pretty good job, all things considered, saying, okay, now is when we go after the counter. No, let's not go after it. Now let's sit back, play some defense here, mm-hmm. use our chances. Um, what about you for Liverpool? I was just thinking about City. God damn it. Oh, you want? Oh, no, no, do City then. Do City then. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of retreads from what you said. I would say um, number three, I would probably slot in Yaya. I thought he was he was pretty solid. Um, was able to go forward, was really central to anything that they were getting forward attacking wise. Um, actually, no, no, no. He's an honorable mention. He's, He's an honorable, honorable mention. mention. <laughs> number, number three, I would say for, is Fernandinho for me. I thought he was fantastic. He was able to go forward and back, uh, be able to, you know, give that midfield a good solid guy who was able to break up play, but at the same time was able to go forward and be part of the attack, earned a couple of, uh, free kicks right around the box, which I thought was great. He was able to kind of help them going forward and, and do some really positive stuff. So I'd say he probably edges out Yaya by a little bit. Uh, number two, I would say Vincent Company defensively being able to get out there and do what he did. Um, a guy that's coming off of injury within the last couple of weeks. I thought he was great. Uh, him and uh, Nicholas Ontemendi were very, very yeah. strong. They were the really, I think, the central piece to why this was a 1-1 match, uh, ultimately. Um, so both of them I thought were very, very solid. And then number one is Willie Caballero. I thought he was fantastic. He covered his box very, very well, obviously stopping shots. Even in the goal that was scored, he was in the range of being able to knock that yep. thing away, and, and it wasn't even his fault in, in that It wasn't his fault, and it was a great effort to very, get yeah. to where he was. If, exactly. If he jumped well, he sh- a split he, second earlier, he might have gotten a hand on that. Right. He he shut down the initial shot, and then yep. at, at that point, it becomes everyone else's scramble you know, fault yep. as much. So, yep. you know, I, I think for me, I think his match, and especially in his performance in, in, in the uh, shootout, was fantastic. So yep. he was my number one for City. Alrighty, I'll actually stay city real quick. Um, terrible performances. Raheem Sterling. Yeah, no, I was he very had, happy to see him look like a pile had, of uh, yes, horse dung. I know you and you and Shell were loving it down there. He had three chances from the spot to bury him, yep. and he missed the net twice. On the other one, I is that was that the one early in the game where Minnie got his hand on and went off the post. I think it was. That was the only one he put on. Possibly. I think that was the only one he put on target in three attempts, and yep. the. Two that missed the net weren't even friggin' close. Yeah. They weren't another net high or another net wide. They yeah. were awful. Um, I you had to have been the worst player on the pitch for Man City today. It, that was just ugly. Yeah, I, he was very very average for me. Um, it's it, it, to be completely honest. I know it's gonna sound like sour grapes, but that's that's the Raheem Sterling I remember. I mean, I remember a guy who was gifted in a sense that physically he is so much faster and so much more talented than anyone else on the pitch for the most part. Uh, but unfortunately, just did not have the and head to be able to... pisses his yeah. pants when it exactly. comes down to it. The moment comes up and then he just can't do it. And I mean, on the, on the rare occasion that he does, it's spectacular. He looks unbelievable. He looks world-class. But in my opinion, and I've said it for the last two years now on him, I, I've said it and I've continued to say it, he will never be... You know Frank Frank Ribery. He will never be Cristiano Ronaldo. He's never going to get to that next world class level purely on the fact that he has moments like this. And I think he's a he's a nice player. He can be he can play for a team like City. He can play in the Champions League and be a very successful player. I guess. But he's not necessarily a game changer. He's not that game changing player. He's got game changing skills, but I don't think on the Premiership level. He's not gonna. Be, he's not gonna beat Nathaniel Klein or about Alberto Moreno so badly that he's gonna be able to have a walk-in goal. 
Yep. And and that's what you would think. That, you know, that's what people try to give him credit for. And I don't I don't think that's him at all. Yep. All right. We'll flip the pitch then. Um, Liverpool. Uh, I only have two that really stuck out to me um, that played really well. Um, I think Coutinho. The more and more I watch him, he's looking better and better. And early in the game too, he had that no look pass. We had to watch two or three times yeah. on the replay. <laughs> no no look outside foot right through the defenders into the box. That was beautiful. He ended up getting the goal, being in the right spot at the right time, like I said, on that scramble. You have to give him credit for the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, Lucas Leiva, he was clearing everything out on that back line yep. for Liverpool. Um, he was a man of the match to me in a losing effort. I think if you picked any person out there, either team, very rarely does a man of the match go to the losing side. Right. I think he deserves, if Caballero, if you can't give it to him, Lucas Leiva deserves it because he was just clearing everything out of that back line for Liverpool. Yeah, I, I would add uh, my number three would be uh, Simo Mignolet for as horrible as it sounds. Yeah, he gave up the goal in regular time, but ultimately I think he ended up saving probably two or three surefire goals. Um, so for me, I thought he was, fanta- he was fantastic in that sense. And you know what? If, if you tell me that Simo Mignolet is going to give up one goal, I'm going to like the chances of Liverpool more often than not, uh, regardless of who, who they're playing against. So for me, I thought he was Pretty, pretty solid. Uh, Phil Coutinho, fantastic for him. He did kind of waver in and out of the match. I thought he uh, started out very, very hot. Oh, my gosh. His movement and his touch on the ball was just second to none, was world-class, was Barcelona-esque, if you want to give you know, you know, want to give it uh, an adjective. Um, and I thought he was, you know, he was all over the place. He was, he, he was really central to everything that they were doing on the attacking end. Uh, so for me, just continuing what we've seen from him all year long, and I think you're 100% right on. Lucas was was the man of the match for me. I thought he was fantastic, and I think it opens a much broader question for Liverpool, which is what is the long-term future of Lucas Leiva? I think that's a player who Jurgen Klopp now has to look at long-term and say, is this a guy that realistically we can put in that rotation of one of the top four central defenders that we have and use him on a consistent basis in that position? Because as a Liverpool fan, having watched him all season long, I think he's lost a step. He's going into his 30s, I think, next year. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he has what it takes to be a central midfielder anymore. I don't think he's quick enough to be able to do it. He wants to go to Italy and extend his career as a central midfielder. By all means, go for it. But in the premiership, it looks like maybe his best pos- position might be as a central defender going forward. And I think, ultimately, he fits a need that Liverpool does have, and that is a guy who can clean up the mess when a more physical and more aggressive central defender, like a guy like Sacco or Colo Torre or you know Dejan Lovren or, or Martin Skirtle, when they want to go forward and be more of a quote-unquote stopper-style central defender— I think that's when a guy like Lucas, who can kind of sit back and be a little bit more of a tactical reader of the game, that's when he becomes very, very effective. And maybe there's a a, a big role for him in the near future if if that's what he decides to do. All right, we're going to come back to him in a second. Um, Well, I was was just going to say, I mean, you have Lucas for man of the match. Uh, I don't know if you said your man of the match. He would be my man of the match, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like I said... Caballero has a good case at it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no if you're not, gi- but if you're not going to give it to him, if you're going to give it to a fielder, um, you have to. I, you have to give it to him on a, in a losing effort. Um, bad side, Liverpool. Um, I'm just going to start here, and if you have other places to go with it, by all means. Um, actually, I've got two. I'll start with one. Um, Moreno out there in that back line. He took a bad yellow card. After what should have been Your a PK, penalty, yeah. that he he got worked over by Kun Aguero, 
has his back turn, backwards leg sweep, trying to get the ball, completely misses. To his benefit, Aguero was making a little bit of a... He was making a touch on the ball, so it kind of looked like, and I think that's why I didn't get called, it looked like he swung around and got it, but clearly in the replay, didn't get it. And that should have ended the game right there for all intents and purposes. Um, I didn't think he played well. And then I... I know Klopp got his hands tied with that early um, substitution that he had to make. Yeah, I don't think he managed the second half substitutions all that well. And then the killer for me, and I said it right when it happened, is for all the good that Lucas did, he ha- took the second PK. Liverpool kicked first, scored. Then Fernando miss it, misses. You've got the ability here to lay it on. Okay, put the pressure on them. You see Lieva walking from midfield. And I said right there, momentum killer. You just gave the momentum back to Man City because he's not gonna he's not gonna get it. He's gonna mm-hmm. miss. Caballero stops him. I believe he was going to his right on that. Yep. Um, and you had other you had a lot of better options in that spot. It's one thing now if we're going eight nine deep and okay, Lucas, I trust you more than the other guys out here before Minulay kicking. But you had a lot of other options there and PKs that you could have really stepped on the throat. And said, okay, we've got our stop. Now you have to come stop us. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Klopp mismanaged the last, like I said, the end of the second half a little bit. I know his hands were tied. And the who took the PKs in that, PKs in that order, that was miserable. Yeah. Yes, Coutinho missed. But if you send Coutinho out, at least he's got a better chance of making it, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he, can't, was... he can't kick it straight at Caballero either. Yeah. But <laughs> He's probably going to save that. Um, yeah, for me, I think Moreno would be a in, in I don't want to say a distant third, but he'd probably be the third guy for me. I, I didn't love the way that he played, and had they picked up that penalty kick, which they should have, um, clearly that would have been the game. That would have been the game, and I think that would have really sealed the fate of, of Alberto Moreno as the go to this game. But ultimately, if you take that out of the equation, which you kind of can because there was no penalty uh, assessed on the play. Ultimately, I don't think he was terrible. Uh, the two guys that really let me down in this match, though, I would say number two. Oh, would be, oh Minnie Lee, two missing that one, kicked right at him. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But uh, besides that, I thought he was very, very solid. But number two for me was Daniel Sturridge. Um, was central to a lot of the good stuff that they did in terms of buildup. But for me, Daniel Sturridge needs to be burying the ball in the back of the net. That's his job. He's, the, he's done it at a higher rate than anyone else in the history of Liverpool. And ultimately, I think there were a lot of balls where he made incorrect runs and, and just looked a little confused for me. And um, unfortunately, that's kind of a that's what you get when you have a player who hasn't played with a group of players for a long period of time. And unfortunately for for Daniel Sturridge, I think this is only his sixth or seventh match of the season. And I mean, unfortunately, you're just not you know vetted into the club all that well, and you're not you know able to read the what you know what the guys around you are trying to do at any given time. And I think there was a lot of opportunities that they missed out on because of the fact that he wasn't able to read what it was that a Phil Coutinho or a James Milner or a Emery Sean or a Jordan Henderson were reading ahead of them. So unfortunately for me, I would have to say that Sturridge was a little off the pace. And I fear that uh, at the end of the match, it looked like he was uh, cramping up at the bare minimum or may he have did another go injury. down late. He did yeah. go down late, which is a huge, huge fear for me because if they lose him for the rest of the year, that might be sealing their fate in the Europa League as well, which is really unfortunate. Uh, but the number one biggest disappointment for me on the Liverpool side was Roberto Firmino. I thought he was very, very average today. Um, he did get subbed out for Lallana, yeah, uh, I believe. Yep, yep. He was pulled out late. Uh, not that Lallana was all that better, uh, but for me, Firmino was 
far too concerned with coming back and defending than he was going forward and making something happen. And Firmino's an interesting player. A lot of people want to want to compare him as a, on a one-for-one basis to Phil Coutinho, which unfortunately isn't a very favorable comparison for either of them. Phil is never going to be able to give you the physical ability of, a, of an actual central midfielder. And on uh, Roberto Firmino's half, he's never going to be able to give you the creativity or the flair that you're going to get from Phil Coutinho. So it's a weird combination that you never really, you know, you're, you're always going to feel like you're missing something out of one of the two of them. And for me, unfortunately, this was one of those matches where a little bit more creativity from Roberto Firmino probably would have gone a long way and be able to create some opportunities for Daniel Sturridge, for Phil Coutinho, for even some of the wide players that were getting forward or even some of the midfielders like Henderson or um, Emery Sean or anything like that. So unfortunately, he was the guy for me that I think came up the lamest out of anyone. All righty. Um, anything else on the League Cup final today? Great win for City. Uh, you know, I for as much as I am sad, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep in about... <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. Um, sad to see Liverpool lose. But for Man City, I do feel pretty positive for them. Great for them to be able to bank a piece of silverware right now. Uh, I believe they're still in the FA Cup. Obviously still in, in the Champions League. You and know, it looks like great they're confidence go. builder. And they're, and they're still reasonably within the league as well. I, don't think, I think that's the, the long shot out of all of them for them. Uh, and I think out of that... Um, for me personally, Manuel Pellegrini is one of the great uh, managers of the last you know, 15, 20 years. And for me, for him to throw another piece of silverware on top of what he's done already for that, for that team, I think it's nice for, for him to walk off into the sunset like that. So happy, happy for City. Very sad as a Liverpool fan. But, you know, Klopp knows what he needs to, to work on. I'm just going to coattail. I, I don't need to say too much on it, but I completely agree on the Pellegrini standpoint. Um, like you said, over the past 15, 20 years – just about as good of a manager as you're going to get. Right. It's good to see him get a trophy in his last year. Um, Liverpool, you didn't touch too much on it for me. I think this says a lot for, yes, I think Klopp mismanaged that second half and PKs, but in the long run, he doesn't have quite the players he wants in there yet. Right. And to be able to take what he was given from Brandon Rodgers and take them to a League Cup final, that's promising now with the thought process of, hey, this upcoming summer window – He'll be able to bring in some of, some of his own players, right. do some swapping here, and then now let's see how his system starts going. Um, they're still in the Europa League, so they've got a chance at that. They did draw Man U, which is a tough draw in my opinion. Um, Especially after the last two matches I've had. Yep. Um, but I, I, nobody likes going home second, but that's a good run um, for a Liverpool team. Yes, I know the trophy would have been good in Klopp's first year, but... Yep. Runner-up is not too, too bad in that situation, I don't think. Um, real quick, I think that's going to be our show for the day. Like I said, just a quick League Cup show. Um, we had our birthday this past weekend, the off-the-wagon we birthday. Um, so we're going to be off for the rest of the week. We'll come back next Monday, the 7th, I believe it is. Yes, That's when we'll be recording. That's when off-the-wagon will go live again. Um, like I said, we had a big weekend. We all drank way too much. Um, real quick, to, to put it lightly. Uh, like I keep saying every week, MLS is coming up. MLS opening weekend is this upcoming weekend. Um, the first leg of CONCACAF Champions League just went through. We're halfway through uh, UEFA Champions League. Like I said, during the summer, we've got the uh, UEFA. What the hell is that called? The Euro UEFA, League. Euro, or Euro, the, Euro Tournament. The Euro Tournament. Um, the Olympics are coming up. Um, and we talked a little bit on off the wagon the other day about our goals for the year. Yep. Um, my goal for the year this year, and I'm kind of stealing this from the NIA, from the NIA crew, um, they do 
shows every pay-per-view um, before and after. I'm not saying we're necessarily going to jump in before and after. Right. But we had a couple ideas for today. A couple of them didn't pan out. Um, but I'd like to, hey, every major tournament final, hey, we, we're going to try to have a show for you. If not that particular day, the next day, we'll try to keep it within a 24-hour span. Uh, like I said, FA Cup still going on. Uh, tough loss this week for Arsenal in the league. Falling back again from um, the Leicester team. But we'll get back into all that stuff next week with episode 18. Like I said, this does not count as an episode. This is our League Cup special. Um, we're very, very... Well, I'm not very, very sorry. I'm sure the listeners are very sorry for your loss today, Pelly. Um, hopefully you're here next <laughs> week and haven't jumped off a bridge yet. Um, not, but, not until we get knocked out of Euro, Europa League. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do a cartwheel off of the... Tap and Z. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy to my right is Zach Pelican. He's your Liverpool uh, bummed out fan today. The producer over to the left, Carl Badger, the West Hammer fan. And I'm your host, JP Shenard. Enjoy your football.